You are listening to the Trans Narrative Podcast. The Trans Narrative Podcast is dedicated to fostering a safe and inclusive space for the trans community. It provides a platform for trans individuals to connect, share their stories, and find support within their own community. Join me, Caroline Penny, Aria Lackey, Christina Primakis, Lucy Balzano, and the rotating panel of gender-diverse co-hosts as we create a space where trans voices are heard and celebrated. The Trans Narrative Podcast may contain explicit material, sensitive topics, and discussion. Explicit material featured. Parental consent is advised. Welcome back to the Trans Narrative Podcast. I'm Kevin Warner, and today I am joined by Mar Newell, Cynthia Grace, and our newest guest co-host, James Cass. And today we are meeting Deacon Grayson. Deacon Grayson, thank you so much for joining the Trans Narrative Podcast today. My honor, thank you. So why don't we start with just kind of when we were 58, 58 <laughs> years old. I mean, not most people start when they're, but you know, sometimes we need to get older to get wiser. So that is, that is true. That is true. Um, I knew when I was five, you know, like, like a lot of transgender people, they know when they're very young. Um, <clears throat> I was at a family reunion and I decided it was a good time to go up to my mom in front of all of these very religious relatives and announced that I was born in the wrong body, that I should have been a boy. Um, yeah, that did not go over very well. Um, what that taught me was I was not okay being myself. And I carried that for many years. Um, I didn't even have the verbiage for transgender, much less uh, by gay lesbian anything until I was an adult because of the atmosphere that I was raised in. Um, but when I became an adult, <clears throat> I lived my life for about 30 years as a lesbian because um, at the time that was most comfortable. I did come out twice to my then partners and was immediately rejected. And so <clears throat> again, that taught me I was not okay being myself. Um, and I always expected that rejection from people around me as well as the world until I was in my late fifties. <clears throat> Sorry, got a frog in my throat. I started working on a college campus and I met other transgender people. And that gave me the confidence and the security and the safety to be able to transition and to start that. And it has been the best decision in my life. In a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> so why I waited till 58, it just wasn't safe, you know? It's okay. Deacon, I started my transition when I was uh, 43. So, but that, I didn't even start testosterone until, well, this is 20 months now. So we all have our journey. We all run, right. run with it at its own time. And Absolutely. Yeah, so like, so I was actually, my mother's a lesbian and um, she's 54. So, and I was, I actually grew up around, you know, that generation of lesbians and everything. We did all kinds of stuff, you know, it took the kids everywhere, to the zoo. And then she still thinks this is a phase. Mm. Like I came out at, at trans at 17, you know, ran away at 16 to come out as a lesbian. She was fine with that. But it's like, so I have, I understand where you're coming from because I, I watched that generation and like the discrimination that comes from that era of lesbian towards trans men. Right. And it, it's, it shouldn't be that way, but you know, I'm sorry that you had to wait so long to be you. No, it, it, <clears throat> the only way I knew how to deal with it was, you know, I did a lot of self-harm, a lot of very destructive behaviors. And of course, you know, if the family and they're like, well, then, you know, that's that's just mental health issues and sending me away and, you know, all of that trauma that you go through trying to be yourself and what you end up being labeled and having to carry that for your whole life. You know, that just adds more on top of what you're already carrying. Um, so it's 
I'm just very grateful that I had the freedom when I did to be able to transition because this made a world of difference. Oh, yeah. But the way you came out, though, to the world, I think Ooh. definitely different than me. Um. <laughs> well, well, why don't we share, like, can you share um, a little bit about your personal, in terms of what, like, what was the catalyst for you coming out? Like you said there was somebody who you met, was it in college or something like that? Or not, but like going to your postdoctorate or something. I'm sorry, my brain is foggy at this point. Right. Um, but when did you realize, like, no, I am? I realized in probably my late 20s that I'm transgender, but I was never in a safe enough environment to be able to transition. I didn't feel like I had the freedom to um, until I started working where I'm working um, at a local private college meeting other transgenders on campus, you know, that, that <clears throat> gave me that security that I needed. And I do apologize. We're going to take a little bit of a step back here okay. and we're going to introduce the co-hosts on here. So um, why don't we go a little bit and talk about um, Mar, give you a little bit, a little bit like two synop two minutes synopsis, whatever, like, who you are uh, for those listeners that maybe don't know who you are and um, the same for Cynthia and James brand new. Um, and I'll start. My name is Kevin Werner. I am a full-time activist. I'd like to say I'm working in the nonprofit sector in Southeast Michigan and I am currently in the arduous, long, long, long process of writing Stonewall the musical and bringing that to stage and screen. So that is my long-term process in terms of artwork and just now starting doing drag and art form in myself as Sky Spectrum. So look for some of that coming up soon and I'll pass it off to Let's go to Cynthia, because, you know, ladies first, always. Yes. All right. Well, uh, my name is Cynthia Grace. Uh, my I'm a drag performer. My stage name is Virgo the Vixen. I go by one of my favorite taglines is the bad girl of the Black Hills. Uh, quick synopsis. Uh, let me see here. I work the uh, front desk at the historical Hotel Alex Johnson during the check-in hours. Recently, I've been on local TV several times, and I gained a little bit of notoriety when I called out our state governor on local TV, inviting her to come down to one of the local pride festivals with the drag shows. Um, this did catch, like I said, internet um, internet attention. So I kind of have a little degree of fame on that. But otherwise, I'm also an activist, performer. I do a little bit of writing. Uh, in a nutshell, I'm blessed uh, because of where I work. Uh, everyone has accepted me, and it's very much a positive place for me to grow and develop. James, you go ahead next. Well, um, so my name is James Cass. I'm actually the current reigning Mr. Trans South Carolina. Um, I live in Florida and everything, so going for Mr. U Trans USA here in less than two months. Um, I perform. Um, I'm an activist. And it's, I've been in five different states. I like, I've watched how the different areas of the, at least the, the Midwest and the East ha affect and treat others. So I'm a preacher's kid. So I love the one, I got that bad story where no family, no, fr you know, friend support. It was just me, myself, and I. So I can understand, you know, a lot. But yeah, I'm just the underdog that's out to, you know, be the voice for the average Joe, I guess. Which we all need. Well, I'm Marnell. I live in Memphis. Always, uh, don't say the name. It's just the city, baby. So uh, we, I work at a university here in town. Which there's not many, so people probably have already guessed where. Um, <laughs> I'm very accepting and opening here. Everybody knows who I am and what I and what I promote. Um, when I'm not working, which is rare. Um, uh, I'm, I work with, uh, Jenna on fire productions, Jenna Lee Dunn, who's been on this podcast before we do drag shows, panels, 
any kind of trans event, we do it. We have a trans fest. We have what we call the trans fest. It's a resource fair coming up in November. Um, if you want to look at look that up, look at Jenna on Fire Productions on Instagram or Facebook. We we just provide services and resources to the trans community here in the Mid South, and you know we try to. It is a trans trans led and trans owned um, in organization. Jenna is a wonderful, beautiful trans woman that I I'm very honored to be with. I've been on my journey with testosterone for 20 months, but before that, you always knew. I think we all have the same story. You always knew, but you had to wait until you were ready, I'd say. That's that's sort of kind of the way it goes with all of us. And I am just always excited and happy to be surrounded with so much trans joy in our little Zoom room. <laughs> so back to Deacon though, because I want Deacon's TikTok story. Because I'm on TikTok too, but I ain't got nowhere near your followers. <laughs> I hit 5,000 and was excited. I don't even understand TikTok, so. <sighs> no, it, it was a total fluke in, in my opinion, because I had 25 followers. You know, it, TikTok was just something that I scrolled through. It wasn't anything that I was big on. And when I had my first shot, I decided, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. The next morning I had 2 million people that had viewed that video. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this? So, and then it's just grown to, I think, almost 220,000 followers now. So Now, now what, what makes you think that that happened overnight? Was it, could it be? Like a simple reason since you only had 25 followers? Like what made it go viral? Like, I honestly, who knows about that algorithm? I have no clue how they do stuff. <laughs> um, I totally didn't expect it. And it's not something that I do for monetary reasons. It's just because I know that I'm not the only person in the world who is going through this. And I just wanted to put it out there um, to maybe help someone else. That's awesome. I actually met someone kind of in the same situation. Their first, you know, reason out of their mouth was I'm too old now, you know, and I'm like, you're never too old to be you. So and it's funny. It's funny how like literally it was probably two days ago when that happened. So this is, it's really cool to see someone actually, you know, step back and took away that excuse. So yeah, that's no excuse. Right. Absolutely none. Um, so what I, I want to, I want to, I, I would love to hear you talk about like how that has been a blessing to you. Cause I mean, you're, I, I went back and watched some of your TikToks just cause I was like, I'm going to interview this person. I need to know about them a little bit. <laughs> so I always go and stalk our host, our, um, well, our host, I, I look at all y'all stuff too, by the way. Um, I take my time. I got to know my people. But tell, like, has that been a blessing to you or has that, you know, been like something that's overwhelming? Like, how has that made you feel knowing you've got all those people that basically follow your stuff? I think overall, it's a it's a real blessing for me. Um, I do a live every week on Sunday afternoons, and it's almost a way to keep me accountable to people because I know that. I've had so much feedback from people of all ages, but a lot of young people. And it's like, if I can make a difference in their life and keep them on this earth one more day, then it's worth it. You know, it's, and that's how I look at it. That's how it's a blessing to me. Um, just knowing that I'm making that difference in their life and helping them along a little bit and being what I needed when I was younger. You know, so overall, it's a blessing. You have those trolls and the turfs that come on. And recently, I just did a voice update about a week ago, and it exploded. Not quite as much, but it exploded. And I had some literal death threats come through on that one. That was the first time I actually got that, but it will not stop me. You know, you block, delete, and move on because there's people that need to hear the voice. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the positive overwhelming trans joy that yeah. comes through for all of us. I think anybody. So our, our wonderful um, founder of this beautiful podcast, 
Caroline, she found you on TikTok. Can you tell us how that interaction went? Because I love to put Caroline on the spot too. <laughs> All in love. All in love. <laughs> so how go ahead. Are you Caroline. asking me or Caroline? Yes, Dinkin. <laughs> okay. I know. Oh, uh, you know, Caroline just reached out to me. And I anytime that I get an opportunity to expand a platform, um, I'm all for it. And I think it's an incredibly worthwhile and needed platform. And so I, I was just like immediately on it. Of course, you know, I did my research on y'all too. So, <laughs> cause you gotta, you know, you gotta take care of you. But uh, I, I was very happy to uh, be a part. Has anybody else, uh, Pastor Deacon or Deacon? Deacon, um, uh, that's all good. I get that. Get that. Uh, We're trying to get there. Yeah. Um, has anybody else reached out to you from these TikToks that you you've been doing to like say like obviously yeah you have the trolls and you block and block and delete them they're they're they have a special place in hell you know reserved already you know and so. But on the other side, has anyone come to you and said, thank you for helping me realize that I'm trans or that, you know, I thought I was too old or I thought, blah, 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 blah. I thought I was, I was shunned in the Christian faith. And when, how, how did you bring that? You know, I hear that weekly, all ages come to me. I, I'm always getting either DMS or responses on videos from people that say it's because of you that I had the courage to come out and as whatever their struggle is that they're coming out as, but all ages and even people like in their fifties saying, thank you for telling me and showing me that it's never too late, that age isn't anything but a number. I think that's something we always we seem to forget too that it is just a number. You know, time is an illusion, and we got to make the most of it while we're here. And so it don't matter whether you're a teen, your twenties, or you know later in life, you have to be you. So at least that way you can when this it's over. Hey, I was me at the end. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, I gotta. Uh, a couple questions regarding, you know, like the mental health uh, aspect that you were talking about earlier. And I think um, uh, let's pretend for a second that you didn't have you don't have the millions of followers on the TikTok or, you know, you've done all this stuff. If you could just tell us about some of your personal struggles through those uh, darker times, because I like to uh, add the human element to a story, something that uh, everyone can relate. I know if it's too painful, I understand, but. Uh, can you tell us about some of those uh, darker moments that you have triumphed over? I was 12 when I had my first attempt at unaliving myself. And I got into drugs and alcohol, and it was all self-destructive behavior that started actually when I was 11. Um, and it was all because I could not reconcile my brain and my mind with my body. And I just, I had absolutely no support through all that, you know, and I had, I spent my time um, with psychiatrists and going through like, why am I even alive? So I, I understand that darkness. Honestly, I don't even know how I made it to be the age that I am just because of all that I've been through. Um, but I know there's a reason there's a reason for me and there's a reason for what I've been through. Um, would I go through it again? If it helps someone else, I would. And I think that's what a lot of people who, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, how can I say this? The national attention has been turned to Hollywood celebrities on these trans issues. And I laugh at what the Hollywood I don't know what to call them, elite or just these Hollywood celebrities who have nothing to do with trans rights, trans activism, nothing at all. And they give their uh, just ludicrous opinions. 
And one of them uh, that I found histor- historic- hysterically funny was from Alice Cooper. That's, he thinks that transgenderism is uh, just a phase or just something that's glamorized because of social media. Uh, what is your thoughts when you hear, um, you know, people with, like I said, without, you know, any like, you know, concept of what they're talking about, just blurt out this nonsense. I, I get it, it makes me very, very angry. It makes me very sad for the people that are listening that just consume it. You know, they consume that ideology that it's just a phase. Well, my phase has lasted over 50 years. So mm, I don't think it's a phase, you know, so to speak. But people that spout off stuff like that have absolutely no idea what they're speaking about. They have no experience. They've clearly not had anyone in their life that they love enough to research it for, you know, and I think. If you don't know what you're talking about, keep your mouth shut. Like my mom used to say, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I get so angry at the lives that are affected by that kind of ignorance. And unfortunately, we um, in the media, uh, uh, even as something as primitive as the newspapers from the local, uh, you know, from the news, we that's what unfortunately, uh, you know, on the Internet, you know, it just seems like... Um, we get to see more of the negative and not as much as the positive. We don't hear the stories about how a person's mental health. I can, from my own uh, personal experience, I was depressed. I never tried anything destructive, but I was, you know, depressed. I would stay away. And once I start living as my authentic self, uh, my um, self-esteem has just went through the roof. I feel a whole lot better about myself. My attitude, my perspective on average day things have just gotten better unfortunately we don't see these things we don't hear these tales and i'm glad that when we get a chance to actually bring these tales to light that we can do it in such a positive manner just like your your story i mean you've had a long hard journey and that journey has made you this positive symbol for obviously young people and old people saying hey look i'm glad that there's someone that i can connect with who who uh makes me feel like hey i'm not an abomination I'm not an accident. I'm not a freak. I'm actually a human being. And on that, I want to say, first of all, thank you. And what other positive messages I uh, do you have for uh, basically everyone, not just, you know, uh, for our section, but just people in general? You know, I, I always say that no matter what someone in your family or your life is telling you what you need to do, Ultimately, you need to do what makes you happy because you are the only one that is in control of that and not to give that control over to anyone else. Um, It doesn't matter your age or anything. You know, if we had positive gender affirming care, we would nearly, in my opinion, eliminate the suicides among LGBTQ people. Um, That's why it's so incredibly important. Uh, to show the positivity. And I totally agree with you. I wish we could see more in the mainstream media of the positive side of what transitioning can do for a person. It's like a huge weight off your shoulders and it's a freedom. And why wouldn't you want that for someone? Why wouldn't you want that for someone? And I think everyone here has, like I said, their own personal story about the traumas that they've gone through i'm pretty sure we can all you know compare uh notes saying okay this is what i went through this is how i dealt with it i guess my next question is you know once you get past the trauma once you rise above it what would be your next piece of advice for those individuals wanting to take the next step afterwards my first well my first step was getting the supportive people around me. And fortunately, I found that in some colleagues at where I work and seeking out a gender affirming therapist to talk through what you're going through, what direction you want, what you see for yourself, and then taking it from there to to the doctor, to the endocrinologist, and all along that way, making sure you have 
at least at least one or two people that can support you. If you don't follow me on TikTok, man, I will talk with you. DM me. I'm there for you. I want people to know that they're not alone in this journey. All right. Go ahead and uh, just throw out the TikTok. Where can they find you on TikTok? Throw that out there. Come on. Right. Got some love. Come on. Throw it out there. DJ.64. DJ D-O-T-T-64. Or just search for Deacon and I'll come up in the thing. Thanks. <laughs> uh, anyways, but I've always said there are two types of family, the one you're born into and the one you choose. And I'm glad that you mentioned the, that close knit part of friends, because that almost sounds like my second definition of what family is. And I know that the close friends that I have, I have in currently in my life have, you know, boosted me has made my life that much more colorful, that much richer. Uh, one of the stories that I like to tell is I have a friend who is just, get you into trouble and yeah, there are friends who will get you into trouble you'll both be in the jail cell sitting on the bed and look over to them and the only response is hey at least we have fun <laughs> that support you and that make your life that much more vibrant right absolutely absolutely i have definitely found my family of choice and what a difference they've made we going from shenanigans <laughs> going out to just having someone to throw stuff off of and knowing that they're going to be honest with you and there for you no matter what. It's priceless. I think I found a, another part of my family here on this podcast because, like I said, I'm always looking at everybody's pages and like liking things and sharing things that they've shared and saying happy birthday. Kevin, send me a personal message on my birthday. Thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> almost, almost brought a tear to the eye, except, you know, I'm on testosterone. So that doesn't yeah, always no, work. No, I, I, but, do um, sing, I do sing people happy birthdays. <laughs> you know, doesn't always cry, but um, I wanted to, that the thought was there. Um, <laughs> but Don't yeah, worry. this is, go ahead, James. Don't worry, the ability to cry, it comes back. It comes yeah. back in a huge wave. Yeah, too. it's starting to. It, yeah, one of the perks, right? Um, right, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate about the second family, like you said, Cynthia, because I think all of us have found other people that help us in our journey. And it's it, it's great having like people that are in the community, but I think having a trans, you know, having another trans person to talk to so important because they no matter if they're on hrt or t everybody's already you know we're all going through that second puberty anyway so you can oh yeah yeah and you can exchange notes (laughs) oh yeah i remember when that happened let me tell you (laughs) yeah and and i think on like your tiktoks and stuff doing showing your journey you know it does it helps young people it helps even people, you know, like our, our more um, higher level. I call it levels. Like I level up every birthday now. <laughs> so that's, that's how I do it now. <laughs> you know, us, us that have, you know, achieved higher levels in the game of life, you know, showing that you can be done. So I, from one trans person to another, I appreciate you. And I thank you for showing that. Because it's it, it's very important. And Thank you. Yeah. So what? I, so I'm going to ask, right. what's been one of the more memorable messages you've gotten, like from from that? Of course, you don't have to say names because you know, privacy. But I know I know I've gotten some in my DMs, and it's it's made my day better. <laughs> you know. I, I, okay, yesterday, <laughs> as I, I get these messages every week, sometimes multiple times a week, just someone saying, um, I'm ready to come out as trans. What, what are my next steps or how do I do this? And yesterday having someone say, I'm 52 and I finally have the courage now because of you to be able to be myself and to come out as trans. And anytime I hear that, that's, that's a memorable moment for me yeah now those those are the good moments when you hear that stuff um, the trans joy is so real in our lives and it's so necessary and i'm so glad that we foster that here 
And I will say, yeah, I mean, to echo what Mar said, as a trans guy, like Cass, I think like you have a Cass Adam. That's something like like James. <laughs> um, you know, as trans men, we look up to our elders. We look to our elders in the trans community. Um, those that have braved the waves earlier in some way, shape, or form, whether you knew or not, you braved the times. Right. And one thing I wanted to ask you about was your faith, your spiritual journey with this. Mm-hmm. To get to deacon, you know. Yeah. Um. I was raised in a very strict Southern Baptist family. Um, I mean, we couldn't even watch Archie Bunker. I mean, that's how strict it was. Wow. That was back in the day. Could not do that. Um, It was difficult because I, I checked out probably every possible religion on the planet, trying to find myself and where I belonged, what I believed because I grew up with that being such a pivotal part of life. And I didn't feel like I clearly belonged with the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, At this point, and for many years, I've always said, I am not religious, but I am spiritual. I, I believe in God the Father and God the Mother, and I have basically combined a lot of my beliefs into... This is this is me. This is what I'm okay with. Um, funny enough, I am a chaplain's assistant at a college campus, and Deacon, my name that I came up with, Deacon, absolutely had nothing to do with that, but it had everything to do with what the name means, which is servant or messenger, and it just felt like home to me, and it clearly defines who I am, both spiritually and as a person. That is awesome, by the way. I love I love hearing how people like figure out their names. Yeah. Cause we're given one, but then when you transition, you feel another. You've always felt it. So that that's awesome. I, better in mind, I was just trying to make it short and sweet and simple. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, three letters, that's all I need. <laughs> there's like there's well, there's there's four four James with my last name in my family. And then, yeah, my grandpa, he was a James M. So I'm like, well, what am I going to have a kid? So I'm a James M. And then all of my cousins, all all his nephews were a James something. And so, yeah, we got real original. <laughs> but you're yeah. still honoring. Yeah. And I mean, with my name, I got mine from Kevin Costner. And now, oh. now I hear Kevin McCarthy and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be associated with that name anymore. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> well, since we're sharing names, uh, mine uh, was to is to honor the moon and the stars. So I chose it to honor the moon and the stars, which fits you quite well. <laughs> now, I do have a question. It says you know, talking about the Southern Southern Baptist uh, Church and everything. Like, I was raised Southern Baptist, of course, being from the buckle of the belt. Um, now, I know. I was, as a kid, I was like in the youth group, went out with the deacons and everything to visit and everything. Uh, what, growing up inside the church and everything, like what was that like internal feeling? I know that not belonging and everything, but did, like I had a nervous breakdown at 11 because of it, you know, and got told at my grandfather's funeral that I needed to, if I wanted to see him again, I was going to hell. So I still get slack even to this day. And um, just like, have you been back? Or anything and like with the feeling that or how did you deal with that 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 like lingers completely absolutely you know hearing hellfire and brimstone and then if you don't accept jesus as your savior and if you don't do this 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 then you're gonna go burn in the fires of hell and that you know for a little bit i thought well at least i'll be scared into heaven you know but and it, you're right. It does, it follows you. It it's always itching in the back until you can reconcile that that does not have to be my story. Right. That is my parents' story. That is their beliefs, and I have a right to believe what I want to believe. 
that doesn't have to make it mine. You know, and it, I think it takes a lot of mindfulness and reminding yourself that of that fact to get through that. Yeah. Cause I know that they drill it in, into, into your head pretty damn hard, yeah. hard, you know, and then they feed you on top of that. So they give you here, take this, you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, it's. Uh, well, as a Catholic, I'm probably one of the few trans people who are, is probably Catholic. I can uh, relate to a, you know, a lot of what you're saying and I'm still Catholic. Um, and the reason why is because I have read the Bible. I, and I remind people who are who read the Bible and like to use it as a weapon. Uh, there is this man named Jesus Christ. He's in the New Testament part of the Bible. I know you have to do a little bit of reading, but if you actually do that, you're, you'll find him. And he has some wonderful philosophies on life, like uh, do not judge. Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, uh, do unto others as you would want done unto you. He without sin cast the first stone. And... And my answer to everyone who says, well, you know, you're going to be damned or God has forsaken you. And I point this out to them. If I am going to be damned or if I'm going to be fit, forsaken, then why has God sent me his angels to continue to watch over me and guide me along this journey? Because logically speaking, if I was forsaken, I wouldn't have the blessings that I have from God or from the angels. And I, when I tell people that, it shocks them. Because I do believe in the message that Jesus Christ, you know, you don't have to get overzealously religious, but you can just take the basis of, you know, the New Testament of Jesus Christ teaching. We don't have, we can, we can be disagreeable with each other, but we don't have to be violent or mean. We can show compassion to those who need it. And we can all live great spiritual lives. I think that we all do right here today. That was very well put in there. I completely agree. We just got to be nice to each other. And it's like, I don't understand why, you know, people don't understand that. And so, and it's hard when we're all the same at the end of the day, one leg at a time in our pants. Um, I always like second John myself. And, you know, if, if you hate your brother, then you hate me. Right. It's like, oh, you forgot that one. <laughs> uh, that's like I walk around with the uh, first Corinthians 13, the book on love and then Hebrews 11, one, you know, Faith is what we hope for, but yet is unseen. And, you know, follow, people forget that everything was created from unconditional love. And so, and where everything went wrong, I no one really knows. But it's like, I firmly believe that the trans community, like, we're, we're here to teach that. To be, no matter, you know, red, white, or purple, or blue, or what this meat suit is, you know, we're here just be nice. If you don't understand it, ask a question. Just be nice and communicate with each other. You don't have to hate anybody because that's not what any of this was about. So, Deacon, you probably hear some of this with like some of the students you probably help. You know, the students on campus that I work with, they're very unique. I am blessed to be in the campus I'm at. They're incredible young adults. Um, I don't, I don't hear the condemnation from the students that, that I work with. Um, they come to my office because it's a safe place. I provide what they're looking for while they're dealing with a very tough, you know, classes and life stuff that they're not used to dealing with. And what they hear from me is the love and acceptance and here have a, cup of cocoa and in, in the cookie or something you know and just relax this is a place that you can be safe um, so I they don't really ask me spiritual questions you know I leave that for the, for the rabbi and the chaplain because that they get paid for that I don't um, <laughs> but I I, uh, I do know that they watch I know that they pay very close attention to how other students are treated and to what is being said um, so I think that's really important that we portray that love unconditionally all the time. I, I understand where you're coming from with your job because I do a lot of the same because I'm, I'm an academic advisor. And you, The student's just trying to deal with things. And then when you're in college, 
especially now it's more I've heard more and more stories from students of, well, this is where I can finally be myself. Okay. This is where I've learned that I'm this or this. And so when I tell my story to them, they're like, oh, well, that's cool. And I'm like, okay, that is not how that's went in the past. <laughs> Wait a minute. My like, mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, the newer generation, I think definitely has, has more of this figured out than what, I know when I was a kid, I didn't have anything figured out, but they do in the acceptance area. Absolutely. And I, that's probably why you blew up so well on TikTok, by the way, because we all know the younger generations on TikTok. Well, they're awesome. I love them. I think that they're going to save us, <laughs> you know? Well, they are our future. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to just go back to your story just for a moment. So, and I know you say this on your TikToks, I've heard you and everything, but, and, you know, you get your DMs and stuff, but I really, I'd really want to hear like a person walks up to you and says, Hey, I follow you. What's the best advice you can give me for going through this journey? Like how, how do I do it? I, I want to hear your answer. Cause I mean, I have mine, but give yourself a lot of grace and be patient i think it's so easy to get wrapped up in i want this 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 and i want it now and if i don't get it i'm gonna and you just keep twisting and spinning about that and just my first thing i say is take a breath it's going to be okay because you're going to get there it's a marathon it is not a sprint and from there, you just take a, what What do you want? Where do you see yourself in five years? And okay, let's talk about the steps to get there, what's needed. But the first thing I say is give yourself some grace. That deserves the clap. Let's go <laughs> right there, because I think it's right. Absolutely. Grace, grace is beautiful. So go. Yeah. I, so um, being one of those that like, I'm almost 13 years on T, so, and I didn't have, I won't dismiss this, this yeah. you know, and even though waiting as long as I did, that, that makes sense now. Cause yeah, the, the grace of it all. So I think it's, I've always looked at it as a, it's a hero's journey, you know, and that I, the great grace of it is never really came to mind. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. It's, I mean, even when I started transitioning, I wanted the beard the next day. I wanted this, I wanted that. And, you know, and you can't do that. No, even in a cisgendered male, they don't grow a beard when they're 12. It takes years. It takes time, you know, and to remind people that I had to be reminded of that. And it's like, it's okay. Whatever my journey looks like, you know, we're all valid. Because the journey, I'm glad that you guys are bringing this up. We all have that journey. It is a journey. And the people I've uh, talked to who are, you know, we're thinking about transitioning or who has transitioned, I do remind them, you have to take things one step at a time. Just like you were saying, you know, uh, depending on whether it's male to female or female to male, there are going to be certain steps, you know, that you're going to need to take uh, to prepare yourself for uh, the next level, for example. And, um, my question to you is, um, you know, um, the uh, the puberty. I think that's something that does get overlooked is the puberty because what what people don't understand is your body is being reset. The hormones and you know, I was just say the blockage and also the hormones are you know in balance and things go crazy. What are some of the uh, steps or or should I say uh, pieces of advice for that you can give people to survive the the second puberty? Puberty 2.0 is definitely much more fun than the first one. You know, oh, so, yeah, that's you know, true. it's just like you got brand new stuff coming that is going to align with your mind and your body and you're going to get zits and there's things that's going to happen and hair that's going to grow and it's going to be awesome. All of it is, you know, and just take it one step at a time because this is how things are supposed to go and it's okay to be scared about it. 
a lot of people I hear a lot of people are afraid. Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And it's like, it's going to be okay. And reminding them it's going to be okay. Puberty 2.0 is the best. This one is definitely better than the first one. Yeah. (laughs) I know the things that don't really tell you everything at the beginning. Oh, you're going to first go through menopause and then you're going to slide into puberty and overlap at the same time. They don't tell you that. So it's like now Mm -hmm. with starting and transitioning at a later age, I know my first three months were like mood swing galore. I was punching holes through cat food and, and cat litter at PetSmart when I was stocking. So being at a later age, like, did you have the, the very outrageous angry mood swings and everything that and the hot flashes and the sweats and everything? No, I didn't. Um, and only because I had already been through menopause. All right. I had been through that mess. And so I, I had about maybe two or three months where I had a lot more difficult time controlling what came out of my mouth. Ooh. And it's just like, and my boss would call me on it's like, I'm sorry, I am not myself right now. You got to give me a, a, a break. <laughs> this is all hormones. So, I mean, being gentle with yourself and it's like, I've been asked that it's like, I get so angry. I don't know what to do with this. Like go for a run, work out, do something physical so you can work through that surge, so to speak. Yeah, lately it's been hitting me hard, those surges, and I'm just like, okay, I gotta, y'all need to leave me alone for a moment and let me walk away. And it's okay to give your, you know, to draw that boundary. When you know what's happening, you're not only saving yourself, but you're saving people around you, you know, from any kind of verbal harm or whatever. You know, so it's important to do that. And it's also important to be around people that understand it too and give you that that space. So right. if not, you just end up being the fireball, you know, crazy one. It goes off like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. My fault. Especially if you're around people who have been through some kind of uh, trauma in the past right. with a relationship or something, and you're trying to control yourself. And it's so hard at times too, but you put that boundary up and, but they're already freaked out. And it's like, I'm not trying to be that person. I'm just trying to take a moment. So I'm not right. bringing that back into your life. So I'm not reliving something. Well, and I, I think that's important to recognize that we're all, mo- I will say all at this point in the trans community, when I, you know, walking wounded, you know, there's been some trauma, there's something that happened in our lives in some way, I mean, you know, most people have trauma unless they live a perfect life in a bubble. So that's usually unrealistic. Right. Um, and so it's sometimes hard for us to deal with other people's woundedness as well. Right. And I'm sure, you, you know, that's something you probably come in contact with a lot, Deacon, I'm sure in your position as well. Absolutely. I think for that reason, I'm glad that I'm single going through this initial part, you know, because I don't have to worry about someone else being affected by what I'm going through right now. It's just me. Um, So, yeah. Now, speaking of that, you you know, you bring up your single. What are some of the, uh, do you have any worries about like, what's this going to do now to your dating life? Because I know like as transitioning younger and everything it was always oh well, if i'm not with somebody when i start my transition i'm going to be alone forever you know i hear that a lot and i like my own company now so i'm if i'm single for the rest of my life i'm good with it it's it's fine whatever um but i have heard that a lot it's like why should we tell people that they have to be with someone else to be accepted or to be acceptable you know they don't and if i would find someone, that's fantastic. I've had enough toxic relationships in my past that I'm pretty cautious. <laughs> I'm very cautious. Uh, so I'm, I'm good being single. Now, um, I know, have you had any, like, with uh, starting testosterone, has it changed your sexual orientation? That has been interesting, you know, and I did not expect at all. I mean, 
I was a lesbian for 30 years. So, you know, I went into it assuming I would still be more attracted to women, to females. And that's not necessarily the case. You know, that does change. And I've just decided, you know what? I am really good being pansexual too. <laughs> and I've always said, even when I identified as a lesbian, I don't care what's between your legs. I care what's in your heart and how you treat people. So. I'm I'm finding now that sorry Cynthia am I over talking to you? I was gonna say uh, that a lot of younger people don't understand that difference between intimacy and sex. Yeah. And I think that's a you know as you know dating uh, relationships uh, that is something that's very important uh, to everyone including us and I think more people need to understand uh, with uh, just within our own community that the difference between sex and intimacy. Um, sex to me is a physical act. Intimacy is when you're bearing, you know, your true self, you know, you could say something that the other person, you know, something that you might scare the other person. Like, for example, I like to put pineapple on my pizza or I like black jelly beans or I put ketchup on my biscuits and gravy, you know, something that would freak them out and here you're bearing your soul. And, you know, it's, it's intense because you're laying it out there on the line. And you don't know if they're going to say, hey, my crazy and your crazy are cool or is your crazy is freaking me out. So, <laughs> right. So we all experience that here. And I love it when we can uh, have frank conversations, you know, about, you know, intimacy uh, versus sex, because that way we're talking about connecting one on one with another human being. I think uh, whether, you know, you're in a relationship or not, we got to have those human connections whether it's through friends or family, but we need to not only uh, grow, but survive and thrive in this world that we call earth. I'm starting more and more to actually look at other trans women as being someone that I want to be with later, you know, and doing those things because I feel like, we both sort of kind of understand what each other's going through in those ways. And it's a good thing and we can be there for each other. And I've had more open and honest conversations with trans women than even other trans men or trans mass people, just because, you know, they're the feelings that they have are coming more and more so we can talk and it feels better. Not to say I'm 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 open to everybody. I'm very transparent. I'll be cool with you, but I don't know. I feel I feel more of a connection with trans women more than anybody else now. So it's it's definitely it's definitely opening has been opening doors to my own feelings of being on the journey that I'm on. Yeah, I went through a very similar like experience like that to where I actually my ex wife is I married a trans woman and everything. And then got left a month later after marriage because I was a free name change. I liked her a little way too much than she wanted, and I didn't have one. So it, it, you still get the same, you know, there's issues every, everywhere, no matter who, who you decide, you know, you're going to spend forever with. But like what uh, Cynthia was saying about the intimacy, it's, I, I found myself now being this far into my transition. That that's what I'm craving is that conversation is that human connection versus I can deal I can live without the act now I got a hand but it's that it's that the lack of the understanding the lack of intimacy and everything and so it, it's, it seems to be harder to find now like with, with it y'all we're all at various ages and everything I know how hard it is at my age being trans I'm 34 so are, what's y'all's experience with finding that human connection and the intimacy instead of just being fetishized by other people. Deacon, have you, have you run into that? I mean, I, we're, we're sharing personal stuff here and I think like it's really good. So I have, what I've run into the most and is a lot of young women are like attracted to me. Now I have a lot of young women wanting me to be their daddy and i'm like hey, I'm nobody's daddy you know what no you need to be over 40 at least um wait till we start doing it to you too that's what i've run into the most but i 
I totally agree with the intimacy part. And I would rather spend six hours talking with my best trans buddy than trying to figure out a date. You know, I just, it means a lot more to me. First off, I'm glad I didn't wear my daddy hat. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's a personal joke in my friend group of they when I started my transition and really started getting into it, they all started calling me daddy. And it just, it, it rolled and everybody calls me that like in, in my little group. So I got a hat because why not? <laughs> but it was made by another trans guy. He made it for me. So shout out, Jordan. Love you. Um, <laughs> and as Caroline is saying, no, it's Thaddy, because I am, I go, they, my pronouns are they, them. So thank you, Caroline, Thaddy, it is, but, um, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being a daddy or a Thad. Exactly. But something you said earlier that I think that will definitely maybe help some of the younger generation is enjoying your own company. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How did you get there? Because I know, like, I think all of us have struggled with that. That was a hard one. I mean, I hated myself for 57 years. I mean, that's a lot I hate to be sitting in, you know. Um, I never really gave myself a chance to know myself. I was always so concerned about getting someone's approval, whether it's a family member or friends or work or always trying to chase that and finally giving myself permission. Hey, I need my own approval. You know, let's, let's get to know myself a little bit. And in this journey, I have just found that I am definitely worth it, you know, but I think giving yourself permission to get your own approval and be okay with, with yourself, take yourself out to lunch, take yourself out to, to a movie or something. And it's a process like everything else. Yeah, well, some people uh, take themselves out regularly. Hey, I look good when I take myself out. I got standards, so I want me, I want to look good for myself when I go out. So that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. You know, the, it, learning it early is a great thing because the universe will force you to learn it, and it can get drastic. You know, to where it's you in a car by yourself all the time. You know, it can get very drastic. So learning to that early on is, is it's good so because you don't want to end up homeless and then the car by yourself in Florida <laughs> so no no I'm I mean I'm 46 and I'm still learning how to be with myself it just because of what you said they can always looking for somebody else's approval right um I'm I'm trying to become this reformed people pleaser. Um, so working on it, you know, it's an everyday struggle. And especially when you work in a field where you always take care of people too. Ooh, right. It's, right. It, it's hard. It's really hard, but you gotta, I, my thing that I've really set more and more, even with my own children, it's like, I'm setting my boundaries better. I'm like, mm, we go here and you can't go past that. <laughs> And even myself, I'm setting my own boundary. If no, you don't go, don't, don't take that step over that line. Keep your butt over here. <laughs> Stay right. back because you got to save yourself for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You do. It's very important. And, and I understand everybody wants to be with someone to share cool things with, but you are with someone. <laughs> so, and and if you can't love yourself, how is anybody else going to love you? RuPaul. I know. Yep. Oh, said it best. <laughs> yeah. 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 Our savior. If you don't um, love yourself, how the hell are you going to love someone else? There you go. Exactly. Uh, so bringing up drag queens into this then, um, as I know, I've, I've dated a few myself and I get a lot of attention from them and then being a performer as well. Have you found yourself being uh, the the multis uh, hitting on you at if you go out to the bars and everything. And I don't go to bars. Oh. Just to be real honest with you, I I am like sixty miles from the nearest gay bar. Oh, so I mean, it has to. It takes a lot of effort. I have a lot of social anxiety too. So for me to go out to a bar by myself, that's that's huge. Um, so I mean, I'll ask is where do you find other 
um, trans people in the community since you, I mean, yeah. tr traditionally, quote unquote, you know, pre, pre Stonewall, you know, you, you had to go to a certain house and it was secret or a bar that, but now there are social clubs, there are meetups, there are all kinds of things. So how do you find community where you are? Yeah. I live in a very small community and it's a very red state that I live in. And it's very difficult to find that community. Um, I find most of my community where I work. Um, there is faculty, staff, and students, and we do a variety of things on campus to kind of support each other. Um, it's, it's growing. It used to be this area was huge with the LGBT community. And I don't know what happened 20, 30 years ago, but I swear to God, they all went back in the closet because you can't, you can't find one um, that's out here. So it's very difficult. Um, I depend a lot on TikTok because there is a huge community there. Um, and I find it so interesting that like when I'm doing my lives, the people that come in, the people that follow me, they're immediately supporting each other in it. And I, I don't have to hardly say anything and they're just right there for each other. And that's what I find so fascinating and drawing about TikTok is because it can be such a supportive platform for people who are in a resource wasteland or who have no one to support to be able to find that. Yeah, I go to a drag show. I tell you, I just like it's been years. Yeah, I live three blocks behind the the nearest gay bar right here. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and um, I do pageants and everything. So, with your story, have you thought about reaching out to one of the one of the more larger known platforms like that and get involved with something like that? Like maybe, like I know with Mr. and Miss Trans USA, it's a, a it's not a drag pageant. It's based on, you know, it's advocacy and be in a national community service title. You know, I, I would definitely consider it. I have, I've not been approached by that or had the opportunity to be involved in something like that, but I would definitely, you know, be interested in it. Um, well, I, I mean, I can send you the link and everything either because registra registration isn't to the end of the month. So you have a week, right. a week and then it's in no the first weekend in November. Um, or you can look into it and uh, maybe, you know, next year, because I know with someone, uh, a representative like that has leveled up as Marcia says um, and everything, it could really do a lot of good on a national level like that. Even if it's just getting on board with like the work, it's a, it's a nonprofit, the whole system is. And it, yeah, it's not just, you know, the title holders or the state holders. It's a huge nonprofit system where we're just, out there to change everything and be a voice. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So yeah, I'll send you a link. All right. Thank you. <laughs> I got the link out of that message you sent the other day. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've already, I'm already working on that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I mean, our production company, we always, we're working on doing our 501 part of it. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, but that takes time and yeah. lawyers. I know. Um, Maybe depending on things um I, i've got my production at lc as well and um i was actually recommended for my state title and it let me know that what everything that i've done all the, the bull crap that i've been through wasn't going unnoticed even though i, I don't do it any of it to be noticed which none of us do but it, it's every now and then like something like this to be hey good job man you know you're not just that small fish in that huge pond you're a little bit bigger than you thought so so thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think anytime we can promote each other from within right. or even without and just show the, I mean, every trans period, I mean, it's, we're all showing our best selves now and having something like that to promote and Deacon, you being on a college campus and showing you can be yourself and Kevin's, he works nonprofit and does musicals, Cynthia, I mean, forward facing person in, in your job. And plus you perform and y'all, if you, if you have not seen some of Cynthia's photos, she has her little photo shoots and stuff, it's fire. 
I love all your stuff, Cynthia. You know that. <laughs> I appreciate the shout out on that one as well. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm really good at shouting people out with stuff. Uh, <laughs> this is why I'm the information officer. Um, <laughs> now, with saying, that just made me think. So I know a, a lot of older uh, trans guys that I know are, are still very stealth. And when you, you know, hey, it's time. I've I got to be me. Did you ever linger with the, the thought of living stealth versus being out and proud about who you are? No, I am all out there. You know, I don't, I have lived enough years not being myself that I wasn't going to hide one more day. <clears throat> you know, I, I can't, I yeah. can't, I'm all about moving forward. So. It's good. To, it's good to see someone that is your age that has that, that same view on it because I've, I grew up there. They're my mother's exes, but they're like uncles to me and they're both stealth, you know, and just they're more misogynistic men than, than some of the cisgender men that I know. So I just want to see what was your opinion on that versus, you know, I just want people to be nice to each other. You know, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I have gotten a lot of flack from, people within the LGBT community saying I'm taking something from them. And it's like, you know, no, I ain't taking anything from you. You live your life, I'll live mine. But if they want to be stealth, more power to them. You know, that's just not the path I choose. Thank you so much for joining us on the Trans Narrative Podcast. I'm Kevin on behalf of passionate and dedicated activists and advocates on our show, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with Deacon Grayson. If you want to learn more about our guest work, you can check out our website and the social media. Check out their website and social media, which we will include in the links in the show notes so you can follow them and find them easy. We want to remind you to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, whether it's Apple, Audible, Amazon, Music, Spotify, Google, or YouTube. And remember, the Trans Narrative Podcast, where we shift the trans narrative to a more inclusive representational space with an emphasis on accessibility, intersectionality, inclusion, diversity, and equity. We explore a variety of topics related to the queer community by building empathetic bonds through shared conversation and meaningful discourse. We are able to elevate often marginalized voices to the forefront and educate here on the Trans Narrative Podcast.